the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ah, just throw money at it. Are you surprised that that was a solution for all the problems with education, according to the lunatics running for the Democratic nomination for president? That's what they were saying on Saturday when they were here. Seven of them showed up for a forum on public education. They had a solution for all the problems, and it included taking more of your money. We're going to talk about education a lot today, and that's going to include some talk about school choice and what the public schools could learn from the Catholic schools. But you know what none of the candidates wanted to hear about? School choice. They don't even like charter schools. They want Washington, D.C. to call the shots. And here's what the frontrunner, Joe Biden, had to say. Look, if you had $10 to spend, that's all you had to spend on education, I'd spend seven of it on preschool. Seven of it. Now, I'm not joking. It's important, but here's the deal. That's why you recall I'm the first person to come along, and I promise you, Randy, I will get it done. And you know I can get it done. I will be, we're going to triple the amount of money we spend on Title I schools. From fifteen billion to forty-five billion a year. Again, and where's that? Where's that? Where's that fifteen billion extra dollars coming from? The, the thirty by dealing with eliminating the tax on excuse me by taxing income and wealth the same way, and that would raise two hundred billion dollars the capital gains to anyway. I, I can lay out the, all the detail, but you're going to tell me I don't have a time. Here's the really important thing: what that would do it would allow three things to happen. One, teachers to be paid competitive salaries. $60,000 a year. That's the first thing a Title I school would have to use it for to equalize teachers' pay to make them competitive, to get people into those schools to teach. Number two, it would require every, it would provide for every single three, four, and five-year-old to go to school, not to, not to daycare, school, school. And what every study has shown of the great universities of late is that that would increase by over 58% the prospect of that child, no matter what their background, if they start school when they're three years old, school, full day, they in fact have a more than 59% chance of succeeding all the way through beyond high school. Yeah, full day of school for three-year-olds. Think about that. This moron wants to send three-year-olds to a full day of school every day. Three-year-olds. Leave them alone, Joe. When we come back, we're going to talk to someone about a plan that's working in New York that copies what the Catholic schools have been doing for years. Stick around. We'll be right back. We don't need no education. We don't need no force control. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRSPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roof roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention Stag for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Obamacare, Trump Care, ACA, COBRA, there are so many choices, but all seem to bring one word to mind, expensive. There are lots of changes happening in healthcare today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years, Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every healthcare provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. 
Worried about the penalty? All of Marley Financial Plans are penalty exempt because they know how to design the plans. Most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousand dollars a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 on the web at MarleyFG.com. Like the rest of us, you're probably tired of all those annoying sales calls to your home telephone number. Now, there's a solution. OurOldNumber.com will block those pesky robocalls from getting through. And most live sales calls will hang up. So how does it work? Callers to your home telephone number will hear a personalized greeting from you. The caller selects the family member they wish to reach, and the call is immediately forwarded onto the family member's cell phone. There's no equipment to buy. There's nothing to install. No long-term contracts. It's still your phone number and remains in directory assistance. The service is only $9.99 per month, and you can eliminate your landline connection and save money. Now, calls to your home phone number can reach any member of the family wherever they are and get rid of those annoying sales calls. OurOldNumber.com. It's just $9.99 per month. Go to OurOldNumber.com to learn how you can get started blocking sales calls today. That's OurOldNumber.com. OurOldNumber.com. You'll be glad you did. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Do you have brain fog and lack of energy during the day? If so, take back your vitality and clarity with all-natural Cola Gel, newly discovered jellyfish collagen peptides that aids with brain and memory support. Cola Gel is all-natural with no side effects. Edible jellyfish collagen uniquely supplies the body with multiple collagen peptides and naturally occurring minerals that fuels our cellular system with energy-rich compounds. Jellyfish collagen is a nutritive formula that promotes optimum neurological activity and improves cognitive memory. Receive your first bottle free plus shipping by visiting longevitybynature.biz and enter promo code COLAGEL. That's longevitybynature.biz and enter promo code COLAGEL. K-O-L-L-A-J-E-L-L. Get your first bottle free plus shipping by visiting longevitybynature.biz promo code COLAGEL. Eliminate brain fog and lack of energy with COLAGEL at longevitybynature.biz. That's longevitybynature.biz. I-Z. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Now, before the break, we told you about the idiotic things that were said by the Democrats who were in town for a forum on public education on Saturday. Now we're going to talk to someone about what's been done in New York and some public schools there. They went to school on what the Catholic schools have been doing for years. Kathleen Porter McGee is the superintendent of something called Partnership Schools, and she joins us now. Thanks for being here, Kathleen. Thanks for having me. So you're the superintendent of Partnership Schools. Uh, Exactly what is that, Partnership Schools? Yeah. So we are a privately managed, kind of like a private school management organization, and we run seven uh, diocesan Catholic schools in New York City. Four of them are in Harlem, and three are in the South Bronx. Okay, and, uh, you know, we had the uh, Democratic candidates for president in town here in Pittsburgh. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, I did, yeah. Yeah, for a discussion about public education. That was on Saturday. What would you have told them and that audience, which was made up, I think, a lot of, almost entirely, I think, of um, public school teachers, administrators, people like that. What would you have told them about what you've learned from Catholic schools in New York that they could apply to what they're doing with public schools? Well, I mean, I think there's a number of things. I think Catholic schools have a a long track record of helping lift uh, students and their families out of poverty. From the very beginning, Catholic schools in general and urban Catholic schools in particular were created to serve disadvantaged and often immigrant communities, and they've done so for half the price and often twice as well as as the local public schools. And I think a lot of that comes down to our focus and our foundation of values and character education. And I think the fact that Catholic schools have a really clear mission, vision, and purpose, and they're unapologetic about what they believe and about the values they teach, create the foundation upon which everything else, including academics, um, is able to, to really thrive. I, so, you know, I went to Catholic schools for through grade school, high school, and even uh, a year and a half of college. And um, going to Catholic, at least uh, especially grade school and high school, uh, probably the two best things that ever happened to me. I was a terrible student. 
and uh, learned in spite of myself because of the schools I went to. Um, and so, um, I, I'm the, the but the difference obviously is that uh, a Catholic school and and you know we just had a story here over the weekend also uh, about um, the merger the merging of multiple Catholic parishes here in the Pittsburgh area where they mm-hmm. be, because they uh, enrollment in the schools is down and uh, I guess the number of priests available is an issue mm-hmm. uh, and Catholic education. I don't want to say it seems to be going the wrong in the wrong direction, but it's it's struggling right now. And one of the reasons is because obviously you have to pay to go there, and it ain't cheap. That's exactly right. And it used to be the case. First of all, it used to be um, less expensive, right? When you had nuns and religious who yep. were the yep. teaching faculty. Obviously, the cost to educate was even lower. But in addition, at the time, you had parishes that were bursting at the seams, and the parish community was able to subsidize the school to a large extent. Right. Um, and now that that's less true, particularly in urban areas, um, and, and particularly in disadvantaged communities. You have parishes that are themselves struggling, trying to support schools that are slightly more expensive than they were in the past, still much, much cheaper than the local public schools. Um, but it just it, it, the math is, is really difficult to add up. But this is why I do think it's it's incumbent on all of us to think about how to preserve Catholic schools because they have been such a contribution to the story of American education for generations. And I think that in today's day and age, they're more important than ever as we realize that increasingly people are are turning away from faith and values as we look at the the values being taught in in traditional public schools are more relativistic. People are almost worried about being really explicit or, or teaching values very explicitly. I think now more than ever we need to make sure that we're we're forming our our children with the courage to to choose to do what is right and the courage to serve their communities and to give back to communities. And I think Catholic schools in particular have a, a really strong track record. Um, but I think it's important that we make the commitment to preserving their legacy. They're not gonna, they're not gonna survive without a commitment on behalf of, of the lady, on behalf of the church, and I think also on behalf of the public. I mean, I think there's no reason that we should not have public support for Catholic schools across the country. Now, um, can, are, are you talking also about, uh, trying to encourage the public schools to take some of what's been successful with the Catholic schools and, and incorporate it into the public schools. And my question is, if that's the case, um, how do you do that without the component of religion? I think it's very difficult to do without the component of religion, but it's not impossible if you establish a really clear mission, vision, and purpose. That said, I don't see how you can do it if we don't adopt a more kind of pluralistic view on education, which means if we don't say, you know what, There's absolutely no such thing as a values-neutral school. Every school in America teaches values. Let's just accept that and let's realize that if every school teaches values, then we should be arming parents with with the opportunity to choose the school that teaches the values that they want their children formed in. And the way to empower all parents to do that is to provide some public support. And in those cases, you could have public charter and private and parochial schools being unapologetic about the values that they're teaching. And I, I really do believe that's the future. It's what we see in other countries as well, and it really can thrive. What is Success Academy? Success Academy is, is a network of charter schools, so public charter schools in New York City. They have, my goodness now, thousands of students in, uh, in the New York City area. I believe that if they were, if they were considered a public school district, they'd be the seventh largest public school district in the state of New York. Wow. And, and so, yeah. and, and why is Success Academy a good, a good model for uh, all schools or maybe other cities to follow? Well, so I think Success Academy has achieved a lot of, uh, forgive the word, but it achieved a lot of success with some really challenging um, populations of students, some students who in other areas and in other schools have struggled. And they have, I think, the highest, again, if you treated them as a district, they would have the highest performing school district in the state of New York. 
in spite of the fact that they they serve predominantly low-income and minority students. So they have, in many of their schools, they got 100% of their students to pass the New York State math test and almost 100% to pass the English language arts test. And that's almost unheard of. If you look at the New York State averages, barely 45% of students are passing English language arts and barely 45% are passing math. So the fact that somebody like... Success Academies can do that, I think is there's a lot we can learn from that. So I think it's not enough. How does a kid get into Success Academy? I mean, why, why isn't everybody going to a Success Academy? Well, they do have a wait list. So there's a long wait list. There's a lottery. So essentially you apply for the lottery, and if your number gets picked, you're allowed to enroll. That said, it's a little bit, I mean, that's the simple answer to it. It's a little bit more complex than that. One of the reasons that Success Academy is controversial in New York, there are many, one of the reasons they're controversial um, is that some people believe they essentially, even though they have a lottery, they end up selecting students or selecting families. And the way they do that is, yes, you have to um, be, be selected by lottery. But then once you are selected, there are a number of hurdles. You have to show up. You know, it'd be very, there are a number of hurdles that would be very difficult to overcome if you didn't have a two-parent household, if you didn't have deeply committed parents who didn't have to work all of the time. And so there are a lot of folks that say, well, that's not exactly fair because in truly disadvantaged and struggling communities, parents would have a very hard time, you know, jumping over the hurdles that Success Academy puts in front of you. But that also, if that's the kind of kids you are ending up with uh, after they go through the process, isn't it more likely that your 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 success rate is going to be much better because you start off with a better quality of student and, and, a, and a, a student who predicts success? Well, that is certainly the critique of it. But I think when you look at it in the context of the larger argument for school choice, and we think about this a lot in the Catholic school community as well, is like, Look, we believe that all parents should have the opportunity to choose the school community that's the best best fit for their child. I know for me, I'm a mom. I have three kids. I can't imagine if I was told by the government I can only go to one school and I had no other option except that school. And so what Success Academies does is it offers some options to parents who couldn't otherwise afford it. I think we should be talking about not just what lessons we can learn from success, but how can we expand the opportunities and the options for parents across all sectors? Because one of the downsides of Success Academy, there are a lot of upsides, but one of the downsides, if you are a, a family who is deeply committed to, to faith of any kind, Success Academy doesn't offer you that option. And so when we think about empowering parents and really serving communities and serving children, I think we need to be looking much, much more broadly at school choice, and I think that has to include a conversation about private schools and Catholic schools in particular. But uh, you know, and I'm a big fan of school choice, but uh, you know that the Democrats are not, and they are <laughs> they are controlled by the teachers' unions who who are the least uh, likely to want to have school choice. Um, how do you, how's that ever going to be overcome? Because, I mean, you're talking to somebody here, and we're talking to Kathleen Porter McGee, superintendent of Partnership Schools up in New York. I, uh, I think our schools stink. I mean, I don't have kids in school right now, but just what, what I see about test scores and reading and math proficiency and all the stuff that you see, especially about urban schools, and I just have the feeling that so many kids coming out of those situations start off with almost zero chance of having success in life. But there's also just a huge reluctance to try anything different and to do the kind of things that you're doing there with Success Academy and partnership schools and all that stuff. It's so true. There's so much resistance from from public school teachers unions and from, uh, I think, public school bureaucracies. So much resistance. And, and I feel like the biggest challenge is that people who are resistant to school choice, they're trying to preserve a system rather than trying to save children. And when we think about how do we get the system to work for parents and children, I think it has to include choice. Uh, and speaking about the teachers unions in particular, so our school, our Catholic schools up in New York are actually unionized. All of our teachers are members of the Federation of Catholic Teachers. And interestingly, the FCP, so our teachers union, used to be part of the AFT, so the American Federation of Teachers, but they broke off because of the AFT's stance on, on school choice and vouchers. So 
even amongst the, the unions, they're not universal agreement. But sadly, our union does not have nearly as much power as the public school unions do. Um, so I do think it's it's an uphill battle. But we're seeing a lot of progress. I think we're reaching a tipping point. If you look now, I think it's 27 states in the District of Columbia have some access, either tax credits or vouchers. So some public support for private school choice. And that's more than half of our states. I think that the fight is real. It's an uphill hill battle, but I think we are making progress. And I think we just have to keep pushing forward and keeping our eye on the ball and making sure that we're fighting for all parents' right to choose for their child. And you, one of the things you say that is uh, key to success is objectivity of truth. And that hit home with me because uh, when I read that, I thought of, you know, men are men, women are women, uh, men can't have babies. Uh, the kinds of things that um, kids are being told, not only uh, they're just being directly told that in some places in schools. And that's a that's I a mean, big problem. Well, and that's where it comes down to. You cannot have a values neutral school. It's impossible. It's impossible. No matter what a school, either by the content they choose to teach or even by the norms that they are that are implicitly taught or that are explicitly taught. Values are taught every single day in schools, whether those schools are public, private or religious. And so I think we just need to acknowledge that. And then you need to allow parents to choose the values that they want their children to be brought up in. Um, and, you know, going back to I went to Catholic school back in the uh, in the mid 21st century, you know, a long time ago. Uh, and Catholic schools are not the same as they used to be. Um, I mean, I know that just from uh, uh, just the discipline and everything that, that I'm aware of, that I was aware of when I was in school and what I know is not mm -hmm. there anymore. Uh, but things like uh, school uniforms, those kinds of things, could they translate to public schools if they wanted them to? Well, they've already translated to public charter schools. So charter schools are public schools who have adopted a lot of the externalities of Catholic schools. I think what a lot of charter leaders did, to their credit, I mean, I, I don't blame them, they looked, uh, you know, 20 years ago when the charter movement began, they looked at urban Catholic schools and they said, look, Urban Catholic schools are getting far better results than traditional public schools. Let's try to learn lessons. And so the lessons they learned had to do with the externalities. They looked and they said, look, there are uniforms. Look, there is structure and order and discipline. And they adopted those practices. And that has helped them drive achievement results. But I think if you look at the results of charter schools, while achievement levels have increased, there are some other enduring long-term life outcomes that charter schools are still tr struggling to figure out how to achieve in their schools, but that Catholic schools, even when they struggle, are really seeing great success at. So college persistence rates of Catholic school graduates are very high. Catholic school graduates are less likely to be incarcerated. They're more likely to vote. They're more likely to follow what some people call the success sequence, which means first you graduate, and then you get married, and then you have babies, and you actually follow in that order, which has been correlated with staying out of poverty. And so graduates of Catholic schools, they, they exhibit all of these, these habits and these behaviors that are leading to long-term life outcomes that are so positive and that are helping to lift families out of poverty. Um, and so that's where when, I, when we talk about how to help students and how to help children, both in Catholic schools and in public schools, I think we should be looking at those values and those habits that are being developed in Catholic schools and trying to draw some of those lessons. I have a minute left, and I'm up against a hard break, Kathleen. Um, but I, the, the, would, would, everything that you're describing here, I think, be, begins with a commitment from the parents. And the very fact Absolutely. that you are in a Catholic school means that your parents are uh, supporting what's going on there. And uh, and I only have a few seconds left, but it just seems to me that, that the problem seems to be that uh, what I hear all the time is that teachers don't get support from the parents. I think parents are enormously important, but I think sometimes we underestimate the level of involvement that parents want to have in their children's education if we ask them and if we help them. And we've seen that in our schools as well. Kathleen uh, Porter McGee, I really appreciate you being on. Uh, I can tell you some great uh, old uh, Catholic school stories if I had the time, but I don't. Uh, and I appreciate you being here. Thanks. Good luck with what Thank you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. All right. That's Kathleen Porter McGee, Superintendent, Partnership Schools. Great thing going on up there in New York. We'll be right back.
With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The White House is criticizing House Democrats for their 650-page impeachment report, which claims President Trump betrayed the nation and should be impeached. White House correspondent Greg Clugston reports. White House Press Secretary Stephanie Grisham tweets that the release of the impeachment report in the middle of the night underscored that the Democrat-led impeachment effort was a partisan sham. She also dismisses Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer's statement, hoping that fairness will prevail as a laughable quote. On Wednesday, the House most likely will vote to impeach President Trump on charges of abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. However, he's expected to be acquitted in a Senate trial. Greg Clugston, the White House. Tornadoes strike in Louisiana, killing one, and winter weather hits Missouri as a powerful storm sweeps across the nation. On Wall Street, the dot by 100 points, the Nasdaq rose 79. This is SRN News. All packages for a living? A gas-powered Mercedes-Benz Sprinter delivers. Transport people? A Sprinter van with 0% financing is a five-star idea. If food delivery is your thing, then a gas Sprinter caters to you. And if you're a general contractor, the Sprinter with 0% financing nails it. With innovation, safety, and technology, Sprinter is built for you. And it's built for your bottom line with 0% financing. The Mercedes-Benz Sprinter, starting at just $33,790. And for a limited time with IRS Section 179, you could be eligible for up to a $25,000 tax deduction. Gas engine, 0% financing, and a possible tax deduction? Now that's a Sprinter that delivers. Mercedes-Benz. Vans. Born to run. MSRP excludes all options, taxes, title, registration, transportation, charge, and dealer prep fee. Options, model availability, national dealer price may vary. See dealer for details about costs and terms. Only valid on 2018 or 2019 Mercedes-Benz Sprinter vans, excluding cap chassis. Qualified commercial customers only. Financing offer valid through January 2nd, 2020. Consult your tax advisor. For more information, limits may apply. Visit mbvans.com. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. Jay and Jordan Secular, watch the circus continue. A Democrat uh, attorney for the House Judiciary Committee got to make a 30-minute case on why they should impeach President Trump, but because of the procedural rules allowed under their impeachment resolution, they made up a rule that he could not be questioned or cross-examined. Uh, and people are questioning why the White House counsel is not there, because it's stunts like that. Jay Secular Live. Weeknights at 6, right before Larry Elder at 7, at AM 1250. The answer. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. In years past, most families had a local jeweler they could go to with confidence and trust. In these changing times, one store has managed to stay the same. LS Jewelers has been family-owned and operated for over 65 years. LS Jewelers in Robinson Town Center is a full-service jewelry store. We have the largest selection of laboratory-certified diamonds and engagement rings with both the finest quality and the best price. We also do custom design work as well as in-house repair. Don't trust your diamond purchase with just anyone. Come to LS Jewelers for the best price, service, quality, and selection. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Hey, Pittsburgh, this is Tunch Elkin from my good friends at Calusi Chevrolet. Now through the end of the year, the Chevy employee discount is for everyone. Right now, you can save over $11,200 off the MSRP on select 2019 Silverado All-Stars. Or you can save over $6,000 off the MSRP on select 2020 Equinox. These deals won't last, so hurry in now for the best selection. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. 
cloudy today with intermittent light rain and snow this morning, followed by a little rain this afternoon. Snow accumulating less than an inch in most areas, but watch for slippery travel this morning. The high 38, then still cloudy tonight with occasional rain, the low 31. For tomorrow, cloudy skies with a passing rain shower in the morning, followed by a few flurries in the afternoon. The high 36. With your accurate weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Isaac Ongli. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, we spent the last half hour talking about the bad ideas the Democrats have for public education and had some good ideas from a group of schools in New York City that has taken what's worked for Catholic schools and tried to apply it to the public schools. A lot of stupidity on college campuses right now. We talk about it a lot on this show. The quest for diversity may cause a lot of it. Heather McDonald is the author of The Diversity Delusion, How Race and Gender Pandering Corrupt the University and Undermine Our Culture. She joins us now. Heather, thanks for being here again. Well, thank you so much for having me on, John. I greatly appreciate it. So what is uh, social... I mean, I, you probably need about an hour to explain this, but I don't have that much time. What is social justice education? Uh, it's a travesty. It's a perversion of education. It's an attempt at indoctrinating students into a highly particular view of the world that is by no means uncontested, uh, that that takes colleges and turns them into little engines of left-wing advocacy through classes in, you know, uh, race and gender oppression, uh, having students do political projects on... Uh, you know, protesting, whether it's ICE or, uh, or the police, uh, none of which has anything to do with the educational mission of a school. Well, I went to college in the 60s and into the 70s, uh, you know, and lived through the, the Vietnam protests and all the stuff that was going on back then. There was plenty of politics in the air, plenty of demonstrations. Uh, students were getting, you know, politically involved. How has it changed since then? Well, for one thing, it is very uh, inner-directed. It is very narcissistic. Uh, I, I think that we made a mistake in thinking that student opinions on the Vietnam War were worth very much. They, students, by and large, don't know enough about the world to be treated as, uh, you know, sources of, of truth and insight. But one can argue that that was a a major uh, national political issue that certainly affected students personally, those who were worried about getting drafted. What, what the sources of much social justice campus uh, agitation is today is a preposterous claim that to be a student on an American college campus today is to be the target of nonstop discrimination uh, and oppression and to be at risk of one's life from bigotry. This is a view that's encouraged by campus diversity bureaucrats and by many faculty. It is a view that is completely delusional. Uh, students today are, are extraordinarily privileged. There are no bigots on an American college campus. They are students, particularly females and underrepresented minorities are greeted with open arms in the case of so-called underrepresented minorities, which is a code word for blacks and Hispanics. There's not a single selective college in the country that is not employing racial preferences to admit them, that is, admitting students with test scores that are vastly uh, below those of their white and Asian peers. And why do they do that? Because the schools are so desperate to engineer a critical mass of minority students. So the claim that students are oppressed uh, and victims is just ridiculous. You also uh, talk about in your piece, the uh, I guess it would be the disappearance of a disinterested search for knowledge. What do you mean by that? Well, uh, the purpose of education is to pass on an inheritance, that is to pass on the inheritance of our civilization to students uh, who know nothing, and it's not for the professor to repudiate that inheritance, to weigh in with his own views. We are all extraordinarily fortunate to, to have 
the Western civilization as our as our inheritance and, and, and as, as a legacy that, that we should be down on our knees before in gratitude. Uh, and nevertheless, today, that, that inheritance is viewed with contempt. Uh, the, the professors are injecting their own ignorant views that somehow uh, the, the great ideas of the West, the great creations of the West, are fatally polluted by uh, sexism and racism. And uh, we're talking about white privilege there and, and, um, and making starting at a, a, a younger age than college age, um, making kids believe that they have something to feel guilty about just by the fact of who, who they were born to and what, what, what race they belong to. Right. Uh, anybody with uh, elementary school kids uh, is likely to have encountered the brainwashing then with, with uh, various uh, presentations in white privilege and what is happening uh, as a result of this idea that not just colleges but American society in general is defined by sexism and racism uh, is that we are very rapidly unwinding every meritocratic standard, every colorblind and sexblind meritocratic standard that seeks to get the best possible person for a job or for a research position in engineering and physics in favor of, of preferences uh, on the irrelevant basis of, of race and sex. So is it about uh, politics on the, uh, when we're talking about what's happening in the colleges? Is it about politics invading the classroom? And I think in Seattle, it was, I think it's where I saw it, I think it was in high schools there, but they're teaching that math can be racist and they're trying to come up with ways to make it you know, algebra somehow, not racist. Well, that's happening everywhere. Ethnic studies are happening everywhere. And uh, California, here in New York City, the chancellor of the school system is putting all of his administrators and teachers through uh, social justice training to, to teach them that they are, especially if they are white, that they are the bearers of, of white privilege. And yes, mathematics has been in the crosshairs since the uh, 1990s because there is an academic skills gap. Uh, black students, on average, and there's always exceptions, and there's always you know stellar, highly competitive students of any racial and ethnic group that, that leave everybody else in the dust, but on average, uh, there is a massive gap in the math and reading skills of black students and Hispanic students to a slightly lesser extent compared to whites and Asians. So instead of tackling that head-on or instead of the culture taking responsibility for itself, we're instead just saying math is itself racist. Unbelievable. We're talking to Heather McDonald. She's the author of The Diversity Delusion, How Race and Gender Pandering Corrupt the University and Undermine Our Culture. Uh, we hear all the time, uh, Heather, about how students are afraid to let their professors know that they disagree with them. Uh, didn't that used to be considered kind of a good thing in a classroom? Yes. I mean, I would say that such disagreement uh, is uh, overrated. I think in many cases students don't know enough to disagree. But in this case, obviously, what you've got going on is uh, a political self-censorship uh, in response to what the professor should not be doing in the first place, which is conveying his own uh, view of the validity of our society. This is, you know, I, I was going to say his idiosyncratic view. Well, unfortunately, it's not particularly idiosyncratic because it is now the view that dominates American higher education, uh, which is to, to teach students to think of themselves as either oppressors or oppressed. But, uh, you know, that that is a view that... that a professor simply, that's, that's not his role. His role is to be a neutral conveyor of, of facts, knowledge, and evidence. And, and students, in, in many cases, uh, should just simply humbly understand, say, whether you're learning German case endings or the causes for the spread of civilization in the early Mediterranean, a student doesn't know enough to say, well, I'm going to debate you on that. In some cases, 
certainly a debate is called for, but, but I think that uh, the transaction should really be one from a professor who is a source of knowledge to the student uh, who should accept that knowledge in, in, in some cases, not all, uh, with gratitude. Uh, one, one way to find out how little you know might, might be to have, try to have a debate with a college professor, but um, it depends on how the debate goes. You're reminding me of my dad when I was a, when I was a teenager. Uh, I would argue with him about things, and the argument would get about 30 seconds uh, along, and he would end it by saying, just remember, you're 14, you, yes. don't, you don't know anything about exactly. anything. That exactly. Would, <laughs> that would be the end of the discussion. Yeah, and he was right. I, know. I didn't think it he at the was, time, but I know now he was right. He was absolutely right. But we have this youth culture now that began in the fifties and reached its apogee in the sixties, and has continued ever since. That reverses the traditional proper hierarchy of authority. That it's no longer the adults; it's it's young people who are viewed as the you know voices of clarion truth, which is ridiculous. I mean, what, yeah. the idea that we're all following them on whether it's, you know, capitalism and we want them to go out and vote. It's ridiculous. They don't, they've, never, they've never tried to run a business, create a business. They know nothing. Well, you, you're familiar with the expression now, OK, boomer, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, I've, I've uh, never quite grasped it in context, but it's certainly quite ubiquitous. Yeah, it's just, well, it just dismisses anybody who's over. I mean, when we were kids, it was, you know, anybody, you don't trust anybody over 30, so I it's see. kind of the same thing. And it was stupid back then, too. Um, but you also point out that the criminal, this is amazing to me, criminal law professors have actually given up teaching rape law. Why would that be? Uh, because female uh, law students purport to be triggered by the very thought that uh, there should be two sides of a criminal case in in uh, the case of a rape accusation. The way law school proceeds is uh, students read court opinions that uh, have adjudicated a, a particularly contested point of law and they discuss it both ways. You know, was the court right? What were the arguments of the plaintiff and the defendant? And the emerging view on in law schools is when it comes to allegations of sexual assault, there is no defense. The, the, the alleger has to be believed as a matter of course. And so teachers are terrified to run afoul of the Me Too enforcers. Yeah, and Betsy DeVos is trying to change that uh, on the college campuses with the Title IX uh, stuff where they, these uh, kids are accused, men are accused of sexual assault, and uh, they're now, uh, they actually get due process, which is a new concept in that, in that uh, situation on college campuses. Yeah, we'll, we'll hope that she managed to get those regulations out because uh, her proposed drafts just triggered an enormous outpouring of opposition. Oh, yeah. Yeah. From universities. Okay, and I have a minute and a half so left here. As a white male, I found this sentence interesting. Teachers are now advised to ignore white male students since asking or answering questions in class is another mark of male supremacy. I never felt that when I was in college. That's uh, supremacy. No, but, but you're, you know, that was a different time, and we yeah. weren't taught to think of everything. But, again, if I can mention, John, that this... Uh, this article is available at City Journal okay. uh, on, on the web. If people go to city-journal.org and Google me uh, and social justice, they'll be able to find it. Okay. Uh, and uh, wh why are you, we have a minute left, uh, why, why are you depressed by the answers you get from college students about their majors and favorite classes? Because they are absolutely shallow courses in co contemporary political events that have nothing to do with exposing students to the depth and profundity of our tradition. You've got plenty, any student has plenty of time to study the current presidential debates. That is ephemeral. It is, it is of the moment. These are four precious years to be exposed to a body of literature and thought that you are never going to encounter uh, by watching Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, reading the New York Times or surfing the web. Uh, and so, but, but most majors today have just 
given up on that deep dive into greatness in favor of trying to lure students with classes in movies or comic books uh, or, again, uh, political political events of the moment, which, which the students are going to have plenty of time once they graduate to follow that stuff. Yeah, they're doing that at 60000 bucks a year. Uh, that's just unbelievable to me. Uh, Heather, I always enjoy having you on. I always feel smarter after I've spoken to you, and uh, I appreciate it. Hope to have you on again. Thanks. Thank you, John. All right, that's Heather McDonald. She's the author of The Diversity Delusion, How Race, Delusion, How Race and Gender Pandering Corrupt the University and Undermine Our Culture. And we will be right back. We're living in a very successful, affluent society for many people. Yet, it's also true that there are people that are being left out of that. And how do we reach those people? Joel Gilliam, Executive Director at Light of Life Rescue Mission on Pittsburgh's North Side. So part of what Light of Life does is that we help them in our education and employment program to connect with workforce development, to look at the skill gap that exists. And so we're partnering with places like the community college. We're taking our clients, once they are clean, and they are ready to move on, now they can actually get credentialed in an area where they can be hired to work with uh, UPMC or Google or or Amazon or these other places. And so it provides an on-ramp for those who are left out to get back involved in society. Help someone else find their comeback story. To become a monthly partner or make a one-time gift, visit lightoflife.org slash give today. lightoflife.org slash give. As we enter this holiday season, we've stopped to reflect on what we're grateful for. This is Greg Trzynski, and at the Original Mattress Factory, we're grateful for you, our loyal customers. With your support, more than half of our business comes from repeat customers and referrals. And we have been hometown-made for nearly 30 years. So thank you. We look forward to building new relationships and providing the high quality and great value that you've come to expect from the Original Mattress Factory. We wish you and your family a happy and healthy holiday season and a wonderful new year. Here at the Original Mattress Factory, we want to know, is it better to give or to receive? This holiday season, one local winner won't have to choose. In the spirit of the season, we will be giving away a queen-size orthopedic luxury firm mattress set to a local winner and providing another set to be donated to a nearby charity. Visit any Original Mattress Factory location by December 18th to enter and for all official rules. No purchase is necessary to win, but eligibility restrictions do apply. We wish you and your family a holiday season that's filled with cheer and goodwill. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free. If you have a rodent or pest problem at your home or business, don't spray harmful toxic chemicals. Use Plug-In Pest Free, the electromagnetic pest control device that uses your wiring to get rid of pests fast. Just plug it in. I know a pest controller who was contracted to get rid of a cockroach infestation in a restaurant. He tried everything, even chemicals. Nothing worked. So he bought my Plug-In Pest Free Pro and a few weeks later the cockroach problem was well under control and he was able to keep his contract. Plug-In Pest Free is not a sonic device. It's chemical free and gets rid of pests safely and effectively for years. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a two-year warranty. Now that's fair income. Order today and get 20% off at gopestfree.com promo code SAVE20. That's gopestfree.com promo code SAVE20. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget with Plug In Pest Free. Good morning, America. Or is it? If you're one of the millions of Americans who did not sleep well last night, it's probably a pretty average morning. But listen up, you sleep-deprived people. There's good news. A breakthrough sleep solution called Pronto Sleep. And when we say pronto, we mean pronto. Pronto Sleep gently opens your nose to focus breathing and help you relax and fall asleep. And the built-in scent diffuser delivers a blend of four pure essential oils to help you stay asleep naturally. And then Pronto replenishes the oils ready for the next night. Too easy, eh? And in trials, 84% of people with trouble sleeping found Pronto helped them fall asleep and 74% found it helped them stay asleep. So make every morning a... Good morning, America. With Pronto Sleep, available now at select Walgreens, Amazon or at prontosleep.com. Pronto Sleep from RhinoMed, bringing you advanced nasal therapies. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. So I uh, went to a movie uh, yesterday. Steelers played late. I watched the Steeler game late. Uh, so 
And there were no games on yesterday, and my wife talked me into going to see a movie. So I went to see Richard Jewell. Uh, I think you know what that's about. It's about the security guard who was accused not only by the FBI, but about 99% of the media of uh, setting off a bomb at the Olympics back in 1996, when in fact he was actually the guy who warned people when he saw a, uh, a, a backpack that looked suspicious and he chased people away. Uh, two people were killed, like a hundred of them injured, but many more people would have been died, uh, been killed and or injured if he had uh, not warned them. And uh, it is a really good movie. I would suggest you go to see it. It's, uh, it's directed by Clint Eastwood. And the guy who plays, uh, there should be Academy Awards, uh, the guy who plays um, Richard Jewell, his name is Paul Walter Hauser. I don't, I didn't know his name. I watched the whole movie not knowing who he was uh, till the end. Um, he's ridiculously good in this movie, but even better, I think, is Kathy Bates, who plays his mother. Kathy Bates, uh, she should get an Academy Award for this. I don't know. I guess it would be supporting actress, but uh, she should get an Academy Award for it. It was great. Now, of course, the media hate this movie because um, the media are portrayed as uh, not all that wonderful in this movie. And uh, they were quick to uh, declare this guy guilty, despite the fact that uh, there was no real evidence that he was um, there was a lot of circumstantial stuff, a lot of theories, and uh, one of the the woman apparently uh, named Scruggs, who um, was the first to mention Jewel as a as a um, as a suspect, as the and, and pretty much declared him guilty in the in her writing. Um, she got the tip from a, an FBI agent played by John Hamm, the guy from um, from. Uh, What's, what Mad Men? Thank you, Aaron. I, she's great. At, I don't know how you under you remember that. No, but he was he's good in it too. He plays a real creep FBI guy who tried to set uh, Richard Jewell up. But I don't know if you go to movies much, and the 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 fact that this had a bad opening sometimes that means even more that it's a good movie because not that many people rushed out to see it. But go check it out, Richard Jewell at the movies. Really, really good. Bye. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.